Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Malou. The Toronto Raptors have lost their third consecutive game. This time dropping by a score of 126 to 124 against the Sacramento Kings. It is the third time the Raptors have lost three straight this season. They have done so three times already, uh, separate times this year. I don't believe they ever did it last year. If they did, they only did it once. Um, and, you know, there was a bit of a controversy at the end with Kyle Larry getting tossed out. No one really knows what he said. He says he's innocent. You know, the things like that. I'll talk about it later on. The Raptors made a bit of a comeback. They made it close, but no. Raptors were down double digits for the majority of the game at home. Well, home, quote-unquote, to the Sacramento Kings. And that's just unacceptable. And it's unacceptable because they play no defense. And, you know, um, sometimes it's that simple. It's that simple. I'm probably going to talk for like 20 minutes at least on this podcast. Uh, but you could really just get the whole gist of it in that the Raptors just didn't guard tonight. And it's the second time this week that the Raptors didn't guard. I thought they gave a great effort against Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a really good team. They scored. That's okay. You can live with that. Go back and listen to that podcast. I wasn't mad. That was cool. You know, that's what it is. You know, the Raptors aren't better than the, the, the Bucks this season. That's fine. They got beat. It's fine. But this game reminded me of the first game of the week, which was the Indiana game. Where the Raptors followed up one of their best deform- uh, defensive performances of the season was one of the worst. And, you know, a lot of parallels. Uh, you got 70 points given up at halftime to the Sabonis-less Pacers. And today, you have 68 points given up to the Sacramento Kings. And, yeah, you know what, Sacramento, honestly, they got some nice offensive talent. They got, honestly, a lot of guys who can who can put some, uh, you know, points up. You know, they got they got some real talented players. Young players, obviously bad every year. They're picking the lottery. They got good players. Fox. You know, they traded for Heald uh, using Boogie, who was a lottery pick. You know, they got Halliburton. You know, Harrison Barnes used to be a lottery pick. Whatever, right? Um, they they honestly have some talent, but the Raptors giving up 68 points at halftime. And, yeah, you know, and you, you might expect, you know what, listen, third quarter, a good team comes out. Third quarter on their home court. Boom. They lock in defensively. They get back into the game. They do some stuff. None of that applied. None of that applies to the Raptors. Guess, guess what? Raptors aren't a good team. <laughs> Why would you think that would happen to the Raptors? They're not a good team. And in the third quarter, the Raptors give up, again, 36 more points to Sacramento. The rotations are a mess. Obviously, you know, there was no OG. I know he was missing a second straight game. Norm was out tonight. It was a late scratch. Apparently, he had a quad thing. Okay, hopefully he's okay. Um, but yeah, just, just bad, (laughs) just, just bad all around. Um, and yeah, I mean, you get to, uh, you arrive in the fourth quarter and and by that point, the Raptors had already given up 104 points. I mean, damn through three quarters, really 104 points. Okay. Yeah. And you know, defensively the Raptors at that point, they, you know, they locked in defensively. They locked down on the, uh, the Kings of Sacramento. Okay. We're not talking about. Freaking princes or or knights or jesters jesters or anything like that. No, we're talking about the kings, not the civilians of the uh, not of of Sacramento. The absolute kings, okay. 
And the Raptors held them to 22 points, so maybe they can celebrate that. Maybe they can just celebrate the fact that they gave only 22 points in the fourth quarter. But it was an embarrassment defensively, an absolute embarrassment. And you know what? Um, I write a, a 10 things column after every game. I've done so for many years, uh, and I try to you know write takeaways, you know, cover on you know how players did, you know, themes, things like that. Maybe some extended points and stuff like that. Today, I really want to just scrap that whole format. Or not necessarily the 10, 10, 10 things format, but just write 10 things on 10 specific breakdowns that the Raptors made defensively. Because that was the story of the game. If I was going to tell the story of this game, I would tell the story about the breakdowns. I don't care about the offensive mix. Fred had a nice little up and under move for a layup. That was cool. You know, Pascal got to the rim, stuff like that. Kyle, you know, did some Kyle stuff. Okay, magically got to twenty, uh, got to 17 points. It felt like he missed every shot, but okay. You know, guys scored, okay, watching up, Utah, my guy, he scored, okay, cool. But really, the story of this game is Raptors couldn't guard. They couldn't guard, they didn't guard, they refused to guard, and they were just poor at guarding. And so, I'm just going to read out some of the notes that I have. That I ultimately scrapped this idea, but I really wanted to go with it, okay? Because this is just a small selection of mistakes that the Raptors made. And pretty much all of them came in the third quarter alone, so... And by the way, the Raptors gave it 36 points in that quarter. So let me just run through them, okay? Terrence Davis, guarding De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox gives him a weak little up fake. Terrence Davis leaves his feet, and Fox is gone. Why are you biting on a pump fake? He was in perfect position. He jumps, Fox is gone. Bad defense, right? Then you have uh, Stanley and Kyle Lowry miscommunicating um, on a switch, and, Stan- and Buddy Heald is wide open. Buddy Heald, the only thing he does well is shoot. Why are you leaving them open? That that was just bad defense, right? Then the Raptors not boxing out Hassan Whiteside, which, you know, I get it. You know, the Raptors have small guys. You know, um, first half they started with Bain. Second half they started with Sandley. You know, Boucher was in against, you know, Whiteside a lot. And, and, you know, literally Whiteside was doing the basketball equivalent of stuffing this man into a locker in terms of how they guarded in the post tonight. And, and you know, you know, so I get it. You know, there's Whiteside is big. Um, it's hard to box him up. What I'm talking about is just, like, not even boxing him out. Not even a guy on him. Like, you know, Whiteside is literally the biggest person in the entire building. There's nobody else in the building but the two teams and some executives. But he's the biggest guy in the building, right? Finding Whiteside should be like finding the CN Tower in freaking downtown Toronto. And still, still, Whiteside is wide open for for, for box outs, offensive rebounds, putbacks, stuff like that. And then... Another play, even more egregious this time, the Raptors have all five guys in the paint, around the painted area. Some people even inside the painted area. A shot goes up, an open shot. The Raptors, you know, luckily the shot missed, and still the Raptors couldn't secure the defensive rebound because Tyrese Halliburton creeps in from the baseline, gets an offensive rebound. That leads to another wide side layup. That's another breakdown. You have Utah and Fred, you know, trying to guard Halliburton off a... um, just just off a drive, off a drive, off a pick and roll. You know, Halliburton with a nice fake, but Utah and Fred both go to the guy on the perimeter. I think, I don't even forget who it was. They Honestly, they were guarding it like Steph Curry was open on the perimeter. And, and Tyrese Halliburton drives in, dunks. You know, the Raptors are giving up dunks while playing zone. Do you understand how hard it is to give up a line drive dunk in a zone? Because the zone is designed to have multiple layers. Multiple layers, all right? There's the perimeter layer of the defense. Then there's guys pinching in from the corners to help. Guys are guarding in general area, but guys are for specifically, especially when the Raptors play zone, try to get guys out of the paint. 
try to deter drives to the paint, try to force guys to shoot from the perimeter instead. And of course, they have a guy standing at the basket for to cover that to anchor the zone. And still, the Kings were driving in for line drive dunks against a zone. But you know, if you thought that was bad, shortly thereafter, Matt Thomas. By the way, the Matt Thomas propaganda is dead. All right, it's dead today because it, it feels dead to me. Uh, I feel like I have personally, along with Alex Wong. On this podcast and other, you know, Yahoo platforms, we have tried our very best to 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 tout the abilities of Matt Thomas. And if you look at the box score today, you might say, "Well, Matt was okay. He shot once he, from three. He made it. He got two free throws. Got an offensive rebound. What? You know, I mean, it was a minus four in eleven minutes. Well, how so bad? No, 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 no. Watch back these two sequences from Cora Joseph, where Matt Thomas is guarding Cora Joseph. Now listen. Matt Thomas is guarding the worst player on the floor usually, okay? It would be a, a coaching mistake to put Matt Thomas on a di- more difficult assignment. So Matt being on Corey Joseph is a reflection of Corey being one of the more inert offensive threats. And it, honestly, you don't need me to say that to you because we've seen Corey. Corey's been with the Raptors for two years, right? Famously put the six on his back, literally from Toronto. Well, he's from Ajax, but obviously, you know, uh, part of the GTA region, you know, super loyal to the Team Canada program, super nice dude, um, great smile, things like that, you know, loved his accent as well, um, but we've seen him, right? Like, we, we've seen what Corey Joseph does. Corey Joseph is not a guy who is going to give you tons of points. He's not a guy who um, is going to break down the defense like Kyrie Irving, go to the basket, finish, except against Matt Thomas. Back-to-back possessions, Matt Thomas guarding Corey Joseph on the perimeter, Giving up wide, open, straight line drives. Like, I'm not even talking about Corey Joseph, like, pulled out the, went, reached deep into his bag and, like, did some Jamal Crawford shit of, like, oh, man, he put a double behind the back, then, like, slid this way and had an up fake and stuff like that. And Matt Thomas was playing good defense, but damn, it just, you know, the shot was better. No, no, no. Corey Joseph, with, like, a simple left-to-right crossover, driving to the paint, score a layup, score an and one over Matt Thomas on consecutive possessions. And honestly... That killed the propaganda right there. That that killed the propaganda. That's it. That that's it. Um, and then you know, it, very infuriating mistakes by the Raptors. You know, the Raptors would call timeout because you know they, they're down and they're down bad. They would call timeout, and what happens after the timeout? Stanley Johnson. They're trying to run a play. Stanley Johnson gets a moving screen called on him against Fox. So a turnover off a turn off a, a, a off a set play where you call timeout specifically because your offense is stuck. You call timeout to get a set play and you get a turnover. And then when the Kings call timeout when they're on offense, you know the Raptors then just give up layups and stuff like that in, in their own. You know, I, I I don't know what are you guys doing? Like what is this? What is this team? You don't even recognize this team when you watch them. And honestly, all they do is frustrate you. That's it. Uh, you know, sometimes they give great effort, and you know, sometimes they have great wins. But, but damn, they're they're seven and twelve, man. They're seven and twelve, and and you know, like I would say, yeah, you know what, uh, you know, sometimes you know you play down to your competition. What do you mean? The Kings have a better record than the Raptors. Yeah, why am I even disappointed? The Kings are eight and ten. That's a better win percentage than seven and twelve. Why am I disappointed? The Kings are maybe just better. Honestly, like the Kings might be better than the Raptors. Take that in. And I'm not even saying that as a Snyder to the Kings. Honestly, I like a lot of the Kings players. Fox is nice. Buddy Heald, bit of a chucker, but sometimes he could be good. You know, um, Bagley really seems like a lost case. I don't know what's going on with him. He might might have consist- He might have single-handedly kept the Raptors 
from honestly from this game being a 30 point blowout Harrison Barnes is very serviceable as we've seen Whiteside honestly as a bench guy fine Halliburton's a nice rookie he had 11 assists tonight honestly he had some really nice plays but god damn yeah, the Raptors are just I don't I don't know what to say. And of course Kyle, I mean, you know, you can make excuses, you know, Norm and OG are out, you know, Norm had a was a late scratch or some sort of quad issue. It seems like it's not too serious, although who knows. OG missed two straight games. I didn't even see the injury. Uh, I don't know if anyone did specifically, but hopefully he's okay. The Raptors clearly need him. Uh because what do they do tonight? And honestly, if you even just look at any aspect of the game tonight, the Raptors were were really desperate and and just kind of without answers and just a sloppy club overall. You know, like if you look at um, let's say look, look who started right. So no Norm, no OG. So you're missing one starter. You're missing one guy off the bench. Your six man. Um, so TD comes in and starts, which you know honestly a bit of a surprise. I thought they'd start Stanley Johnson. The Kings are actually decently sized along the uh, um, the front court. You know, you got Bagley at power forward. You got Holmes at center, and then you got Barnes. Barnes is six eight. Um, so, okay, alright, so they choose to play Davis, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can kind of see it, Davis kind of did have a nice offensive game against the Kings last time around, maybe his one good game of the season was, was against the Kings, so okay, maybe you try Davis, and then Davis is guarding Barnes, and Barnes immediately, I mean, Barnes led the team in scoring 26 points, he was on all night, and part of the reason... He's just got, he had Davis on him to start. And Davis is like one of the worst defenders in the rotation. Luckily, Matt Tom, you know, Matt Tom's not in the rotation. So technically, Matt Terry Davis is the worst defender in the rotation. And yeah, you can say, I had TD scored and stuff like that. He gives most of it back. He gives most of it back. Like, you know, like this guy committed two fouls in his first shift, six minutes, two fouls. You know, uh, just Barnes is just kind of schooling him. It's not great. So, okay, fine. You can't play TD because the defense is bad. Okay. Then who are you going to, right? So, the Raptors go off the bench, go with Boucher, and they go with Stanley. And Boucher just was really, really struggling tonight. Um, Boucher has been really, really quiet since that stretch of five straight game with 20 straight points. Since then, not so much. Um, tonight, against Hassan Whiteside, Whiteside just destroyed this man, um, you know, in, in that matchup, uh, Boucher looked like last year's Boucher. Four personal fouls in 14 minutes. Um, honestly, I, I was calling him Hassan Wilt side, Wilt side, because, like, honestly, it, you know, this is probably what Wilt was doing against uh, <laughs> all those uh, accountants back in the 60s and 70s, man. This, you know, Hassan Whiteside was putting up digits um, against Boucher. And honestly, Boucher just got all muscled and stuff like that, which, you know, yeah, obviously, we know that, right? That's part of the deal with playing Boucher. But did he get it back on the other end? No. He was missing opportunities, easy opportunities, didn't shoot the three, didn't block shots, didn't really rebound. All right, so Boucher's out. Not giving you much, right? Then, you know, some very strange decisions, I thought, in terms of the rotation. Okay, so Matt Thomas gets to the stretch. I understand the Matt Thomas thing. You need some scoring off the bench, especially with TD and, you know, Norm's out. TD's in the starting five. You need some scoring. Matt Thomas comes in. Can't really get open. Uh, Airballed a shot. Offensive, I mean, even offensively, I'm not even trying to hate on him too much, but defensively, obviously, was terrible. I, again, when you make Corey Joseph look like Allen Iverson, there's a real issue. Um, and then Paul Watson got in, uh, but he played 10 total seconds. He came into the game, it seemed like specifically to guard De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox saw him, was like, who are you, and drove right to the basket. And Watson's night was done after 10 seconds. I don't know what the hell that was. All right, so he, he's done. And then so Nurse eventually settles on... Utah, Bembry, and uh, Stanley as his three guys. And 
honestly, the the three of those guys combining for 23 points is actually a really good night for them offensively. Um, obviously, those guys aren't really threats to score for the most part. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that that is what it is. At least those guys came in and played some defense in the fourth quarter. You know, the Nurse basically wanted the approach of, do I have five guys who can play D? And he kind of had a combination of those guys out there, and the Raptors made a bit of a comeback. Cool, man. They they cut it close. You know, they had some opportunities at the end, but honestly, just um, just a bad game. And and how many times have I have I honestly already come onto this podcast and and said uh, just a bad loss? Um, you know, many times actually, many 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 times, many times I have said that, and um, I honestly don't care to anymore. I really don't. Uh, like it, it's. It's. I mean, it's not that I don't enjoy doing this. It's just that I don't enjoy repeating myself. And I, I wish there was another narrative to go with um, for the way the Raptors played tonight. But I, I don't really think there is one. Um, I, I think the Raptors are a team that can be good. And sometimes they are good. And, and sometimes they definitely look like, all right, they're definitely not a 7-12 and 12 team. If you look at like, all right, so, you know, um, the plus minus or net rating, things like that, you can say, hey, the Raptors should be around 500, you know. It's clearly a team that's underperforming. They'll, they'll get back eventually and even stuff like that. They just make the same mistakes, you know? Like, it's that Tame Impala song. Like, they're literally just always making the same mistakes. And, like, um, you know, the, you would think, yeah, okay, once in every 10 games, you can have, like, a letdown game as a good team. Like, this is twice in a week. Kyle Lowry gets ejected twice in a week. Like, what is this game? You know, like, it, it, it's It's bad. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what identity the Raptors have to hang their hat on. Like, it's a defense? Because, you know, what are they defensively this season? It, it, obviously, you might say, well, it's early in the season, something like that. Man, generally speaking, after 20 games, the numbers kind of even out, and you kind of are what the numbers say you are. And, you know, um, the Raptors defensively this season, they are the 18th ranked defense in the NBA. And, yes, they've had some minor injuries. To be honest, the whole league's had to deal with some minor injuries, COVID, things like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, they're 18th in defense. They're average. They're an average defensive club. And they're also an average offensive club. And so, you know, it just kind of is what it is. I mean, it's a tough loss. And, you know, at the end there, um, Kyle Lowry gets ejected. You know, he was, uh, you know, going back and forth with his ref for most of the game, as normal, as Kyle does, right? That's what Kyle does. Kyle is the guy who goes at refs. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know. Um, I, I don't know. He got ejected. It was a three-point game uh, with four seconds left. The Kings were about to shoot another free throw. That could have pushed it to four. It was an intentional fouling at that point. Raptors in no timeouts. Honestly, Raptors would have been extreme. Would have been a miracle to even force, um, to to force overtime. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle gets ejected, and not really sure what he said. Um, Nick Nurse was asked about it afterwards about the second tech on Larry. Nick said, "Quote: She said that he said something that she couldn't let go by. She wouldn't tell me what that was." End quote. And so then, obviously, Kyle was asked about the incident, and Kyle's explanation was that, uh, 
I definitely didn't quote. I didn't. I definitely didn't think it was warranted. I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't looking towards the official or anything. She was the only one who heard it. Added, I do a lot of complaining, uh, but I think I got the short end of the stick on that one. So you know what? I'm not really sure what happened. Um, you know, it's disappointing that Kyle got ejected, but you know, obviously that's it is what it is. I mean, the game was kind of over at that point, although. You just don't want to see that from your leader to get ejected twice in the span of a week. I get the first ejection, you know, nothing was going right for him in the all game. Today, maybe nothing was going right for the Raptors all game. And Kyle did try his best to make them a comeback. And before a stretch in the fourth quarter, he was taking over a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Just, just kind of embarrassing all the way around. You know, and in terms of the positives from this game, I thought Pascal played like three quarters of a good game. Um, he had 32 points on... Uh, you know, 11 to 20 shooting, 10 to 14 on the free throw line. Um, that's good. But I thought he made a lot of poor reads throughout the course of the game. You know, he got into that, like, every time Pascal takes, like, six, more than three dribbles, you're like, mm, I know this is going to be a brick. Um, especially when he shoots the mid-range. Um, but he also did some really good stuff. So I don't really want to ride on Pascal too much tonight, man. He was, obviously, he, he honestly, when he is insistent on getting to the basket, especially against teams that don't have great rim protection, this guy can feast. And, yeah, I mean, obviously you would like to see him do this against better defenses. Um, but uh, Pascal got whatever he wanted. Every time he was intent on driving to the basket, he was good. Um, you know, I thought Fred was solid in his role, as he always is every night. 26 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals for Fred. Got to the free throw line 10 times. You know, Kyle was, you know, up and down a little bit, but for the most part good. And, honestly, the biggest positive is probably Utah. Um, you know, Matt Thomas propaganda is replaced by Utah propaganda this year. And honestly, there's not that much to propagandize. Like, I think, um, I think it's just, you, everyone knows what you're seeing, right? When, when he checks into the game, the energy of the game is different. He works harder than pretty much everyone else on the floor, him and Stanley in particular. And yeah, um, good things happen when you play hard and Utah is always contesting with rebounds. You know that, um, but he's also making good decisions on offense um, today he scored 12 points, which was great. His most impressive basket was late drive. Raptors got a broken possession. And I think, a, I don't know, my four-point game, six-point game, something like that. But uh, late shot clock situation, Utah decides to drive it. And he finishes an impressive uh, lefty layup over Hassan Whiteside. Obviously, Utah is lefty. I think Hassan was expecting the right-handed layup. So it seemed. I think he probably could have blocked the shot if he if he was more aware of the situation. Although you know, attaching awareness to Hassan Whiteside would you know, honestly would be like giving um, <laughs> uh, would be like giving Aaron Baines uh, athleticism. It's you know, it's uh, hypothetical. But um, yeah, I mean, Utah was really good, and, and he finished the layup, and he, he played really hard. He played, pr- I think, the entire fourth quarter. I mean, I think he checked in the midway through the third quarter and just never came out, honestly. He played a long stretch. And, yeah, I mean, he was really good, um, you know, getting offensive rebounds. Um, even, like, a hard foul towards Whiteside at the end, which was a play on the ball, and Whiteside took exception to it because he did take a hard fall, and he wasn't expecting it because Watanabe was coming in from the blind side, but... Utah apologized. They reviewed the play. Obviously, nothing went wrong there. Whiteside, he missed both free throws. So, it was actually a really good play. Um, Utah was good. Honestly, Utah was good. And, you know, I think um, I'm, I'm hoping to see his confidence rise a little bit offensively. Because I think he does a lot of good things out there. 
he's pretty much strictly only taking open threes and dunking the ball. And of course, but you know, I think he has a little bit more skill to look for a shot a little bit more often. Like there's one sequence where he was along the basket, like along the baseline near the basket. Defense probably would have rotated over and helped, but he's also six foot eight and six foot nine even, and um, and, and fairly athletic. Like he could have gone up for it. I don't mind him taking a contested layup, and you know, I, I think. There are more opportunities, what I'm trying to say, is where he can assert himself. But I think he's playing really under control, doing a really good job, and then defensively doing everything he possibly can. So, Utah got... Um, Utah was really good tonight, and you can give some credit. Honestly, Bembry was solid tonight, too. Raptors had to lean on him a little bit. I don't know if he was originally in their rotation, but he ended up being in it. Obviously, they needed someone quick to match Fox. You know, and Bembry, obviously, wasn't shutting down Fox, but I thought did okay uh, Stanley was okay as well. He had to play a lot of backup center um, because Boucher was struggling so much. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just uh, it's one of those games that honestly, it's you look at the bigger picture rather than you look at the specifics itself because the Raptors are what seven and twelve. Last time the Raptors were seven and twelve, it was the uh, right after the Rudy Gay trade. The Raptors made the Rudy Gay trade when the Raptors were six and twelve. Uh, there was a lot of overlap between Rudy and DeMar on the perimeter. Those guys were taking a lot of shots. Rudy was, honestly had a game where he took like 37 shots against Houston in an overtime loss. God, that game is like etched into my brain. LeBron, I believe they asked LeBron about it when LeBron was in Miami. Well, Rudy taking 37. He said, if I took 37 shots, I'd probably get like 60 points. I think Rudy had like 20. Um, but anyway, so they traded Rudy and the Raptors. It, it seemed to signal a tank, but... The Raptors instead finished that season 42-22 and 22 the rest of the way. They won 48 games, which was a franchise record at the time. And, you know, it, it got themselves a bench, which they needed so much of. And, of course, it gave a lot of the young guys opportunities to score and, and, and step into bigger roles. And, you know, Terrence Ross stepped up. JV stepped up. Obviously, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry were very young at the time, and they stepped up. And, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the front office does. I, I don't think there's that many parallels aside from the record at this point. Um, you could say, okay, there's redundancy in the backcourt with Kyle and Fred, but I don't think that's the issue or why Raptors lose games. It's clearly the other positions haven't really performed quite well. You say maybe the Raptors need a bench, although honestly, I, they, they might need some more consistent starters as well, especially at center. But, uh, I don't know, man, the front office got to do something like it's, it, this roster is just kind of is what it is. They're not very good and they're, you know. If you want to be bad, just be bad. If you want to be good or even competitive, then you got to make a trade. So that's just where it's at. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, yeah, it sucks. Hopefully the Raptors can turn around next game. In terms of your three stars, uh, first star, you know, I'm giving you to the first star. I don't care, man. 12 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals. It's my podcast. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah, I mean, he's, he's my guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Utah's. You honestly played great tonight, and, and I'm only judging this based on the fourth quarter because that's what was most important in this game, and Utah was very good in the fourth quarter, so he gets the first star. Congratulations, Utah, on your first ever first star. Second star, I'll give it to Pascal, I guess, 32 points, four rebounds, two assists, a steal. Um, very curious that he didn't check into their game until like late in the fourth quarter. I think like it was like the, under the four-minute mark where Pascal finally checked in. And I was, I mean, you know, Raptors were playing good defense, so maybe they didn't want to disrupt that, I guess. But you could have brought Pascal in a little bit sooner. I don't know. It's not like Pascal's a bad defender. Uh, but anyway, uh, good scoring from Pascal, as you would expect against the Kings. Uh, and then third star, you know, Kyle got himself ejected, so I really can't give it to Kyle. So I'll give it to Fred. 26 points, 
you know, six, re- six assists, four steals, um, got to the free throw line 10 times, you know, hit some threes, missed, missed an open one in the corner that really, really would have put the Raptors uh, within one and, and really probably could have got the, the job done tonight, but it is what it is, man. So, yeah, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, that's got to go to Corey Joseph. 16 points, four assists for Corey. Um, you know, tons of love to Corey, man. Super nice guy. Um, you know, always got a fresh cut, although today, you know, maybe during COVID, um, you know, the standards have slipped. I mean, look at me. I, I look terrible. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, Corey, man, he's um, – I, I really enjoyed his time as a Raptor. I, I think it, you know – came to an end because Raptors had a lot of good point guards at that time. Fred was coming up. Even DeLon was coming up, you know, so they kind of moved on, but yeah, Corey's solid dude, man. A Toronto man through and through, and uh, honestly, as much as it hurt to see him just blow by uh, Matt Thomas like that, uh, you know, I still got a lot of love in my heart for Corey, so um, Corey gets the, the Gerald Henderson Award winner, but yeah, I mean, listen, it's uh, it's a tough time for the Raptors. We'll see what they have um, against the Orlando Magic in their next game. Um, I'm gonna say the Raptors win because, you know, the Raptors generally bounce back. But then again, the Raptors have lost three straight games three straight times this season. And so that's not necessarily um, huge evidence of the uh, of the Raptors' bounce back ability. I don't even know if that's a, if that's a specific... Uh, term basketball term it's clearly not but um yeah the, the magic have lost two in a row they lost to the kings as well lost to the clippers um and we'll see what happens against um against the raptors on sunday sunday evening so uh check back then thanks everyone for listening uh rate review subscribe you know read 10 things actually one thing i really do want to shout out is um make sure you go to the uh, yahoo sports canada youtube page and watch um this video that i have been working on alongside um uh, the, my producer, uh, Amit Mon, who, who we created this video called How Kyle Lowry Accidentally Became the Greatest Raptor of All Time. And it takes you into the story, not not a, not accidentally in the sense that, like, Kyle just fluked into it. No, I mean, like, the fluky circumstances and the backstory that really led to Kyle becoming one of the greatest Raptors, or the greatest Raptor of all time. Um I think it's super interesting. Um, it, it was always fascinating to me that Kyle was the plan B that offseason at point guard. And the fact that he's now become what he's become, it's just such a nice serendipitous story. It's definitely more um, uplifting than, than this podcast. And, I, you know, I think it's edited really well. So a huge shout out to Amit for the work that he put into this. And um, I hope everyone goes and checks it out. Because, honestly, it'll probably make you feel better this weekend. And um, it'll make you appreciate Kyle a little bit more, which I think uh, we all really, really do here in these parts. So thanks again to everyone for listening, and uh, I'll be back on Sunday. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.